My name is William Menard, and this is The American Immigrant, the podcast about immigration in America. Immigration is a topic that is all over the headlines, especially in this heated 2016 presidential election season. However, the media's focus on this issue rarely extends beyond meaningless talking points and does not delve into the realities of the lives of immigrants or how the very complicated legal system of immigration works. In The American Immigrant, I will have an honest discussion with immigrants and other experts on what immigration really means in the United States. My guest today is from Afghanistan. For safety reasons, we won't reveal his name. He worked as a translator for both the United States Marines and the Afghan National Army to help defeat both the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, and now lives in the United States as a refugee. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, Mr. Williams. How are you doing? Hi. Um, so, so what part of Afghanistan are you from? I'm from Kabul, east part of uh, Afghanistan. Name, the province name is Pakistan. so I live there. I almost grew up there. And who did you grow up with? I have three brothers and three sisters, my mom and my dad. And what was life like growing up? And since 1990s, the life was... Uh, and since and that time, I was not there. Since that time, Afghanistan was very peaceful. Everything was fine. And then since uh, 1989, 80, I think 89 or 87, Russia attacked Afghanistan. And they destroyed everything. Like civil war started after that, so people were killing each other. And then after nine eleven, uh, Al Qaeda came to Afghanistan. And Al Qaeda is not from Afghanistan, but they came to Afghanistan to take advantage of the civil war and just grow population between people. And now my my country is in war. It's like almost 20 years this war is going on. So I hope, I really appreciate from NATO forces and United States forces that they're still struggling to get a peaceful and great Afghanistan. And speaking of forces, you, you actually did work for, the, for both the United States and NATO, right? Yeah, yeah I work with uh, U.S. Army Marines almost uh, eight months I was a translator there. I went to uh, many operations, war operations, and um, I qualified. I, I mean, I supported them. I did, and then I worked with the Afghanistan government, yeah, Afghan National Army, as a translator to to help them to to be the country peaceful, and help them to become like get rid of the Al-Qaeda and Taliban. So, so tell me a little bit about um, being a translator for the American military. What did you do every day? Um, what, what was it like? Like uh, on the, when we were going to the operations, like we were going, like people were outside, we were visiting the villages and the provinces, like, uh, like the NATO forces was asking questions to the civilians, like how's the situation here? You know anybody like who is who's Taliban and Al Qaeda between you guys? So we were asking those kind of questions. So if you know anybody like like foreigner, just let us know. So we were asking those kind of questions from civilians and just trying to make sure that they are safety. What kind of risk did you take as uh, a translator? Of course, I take risk of my life sometimes. You know, life nowadays is like. 
it's very hard to get somebody like for example you're talking with somebody maybe that guy has carrying some kind of explosion some kind of maybe the street you're crossing and they put a remote uh, mine on the street so it was risk of my life too um there now there's an incident um on a on a bus right can you tell me a little bit about that yeah, I remember it was, I don't remember exactly the date, but I was, one day I was, uh, my mother was sick, I was coming home from my work with the U.S. Marine Corps and uh, Kandahar base, so I was coming on the way, the, I don't know, the Taliban militants stopped the bus and they were searching for everybody, when they were asking one by one, seeing their face, who's nervous or something like that. I was just standing there brave, I put, I just said maybe they are like looking for my pockets or something like that, they will find something. Just check, you check everything, you didn't find anything. You just look at me, I was not nervous and something like that, so. He just put everybody on the bus back and I left home. So finally it was very risky for me on that time. But after, on that time I was not scared and after that I was scared because in front of them, I, if I was scared, maybe I'll be catch or something. So I just, that was my bravery and they inspect the bus every part. Like, like every single passenger which was in the bus, they checked it and they checked their equipment, I mean their pockets, their bags, their equipment and everything. So uh -huh. that's, but thanks God, I was like happy that there was nobody like, you can take with him. So and what did, just, what did you think would happen if they found out that you were working for the Marines? Yeah, of course they will take me with them. And it was, I don't know what will they do with me. Um, and, and were there any other kind of threats to your family because of your work? Um, yeah, I've seen many letters, like warning letters. Like we call it in my language, Shabnama, like, the later we get it, like, warning later, like, from night time. So just, they threw from the wall into our house and just, uh, I've seen threat many times with that later. Like, they written to my family about me. And um, they came many times to my house and searched for me, just uh, torture my family, my brother. And one day they torture, uh, they took my brother. They say, if you don't let me know that where is he, I'll kill you. And he tortured my brother a lot. So my brother had like no chance to tell me like, oh, he's here. Like, because I was in a secure place, they cannot come to me. He said he's in the base. So if you want to go and take him. So I just told you the truth. He was always telling that, but they were not believing them. They were saying, oh, you're lying. Maybe he's around the house, hiding in the basement or somewhere. Like, they searched everywhere in my house, take out the clothes and search for me, but didn't find any evidence. Just to torture my brother. My brother was in a coma or something. That's about my family. What, what types of things did they do to your brother? Like, they took a... You know, they put a nail in the fire and they put it in their skin. And it was, when I saw my brother, it was a lot of dots. Like, you know, when you put something on the fire and it's like, 
like it's a lot of things to be like it's a really bad things to be tortured when I saw his elbow his his waist and everything like I was thinking to myself like you know because of me my family is like that so you know but I was feeling proud that I was doing something for myself and for for peace peace and prosperity so. was there ever a time that your family wanted you to stop my mother told me that can you stop please I said mom listen if I stop I work for them like they'll say okay come and let just tell me what did you do tell me information you know I don't want to get because I'm already involved in that I don't want like because I cannot I say oh I left the job they will leave me no way they will come after me this explain me what happened to you what you did and you know I don't want to be get tortured because I said I cannot take tortures killing is different you know but torture is different I said no if you get killed you'll get one time killed that's it but torture is very hard I can't take it mom sorry uh, your parents and your family had to to move because of that can you tell me a little bit about that so as because of a lot of tortures and other stuff, just um, other bad stuff that they did to my family, I said, just can you guys leave to another place that which is secure? Like, don't worry about me. I'm safe here. Do you get to speak with them at all anymore? Uh, before, yeah. I was speaking since 2014. And after that, I... I didn't, like, my brother, sometimes he was calling me from a public post office, like, I mean, public line, and calling stuff, but, you know, we were not talking about those stuff, because, you know, public calling offices are only for, like, they're waiting for other calls, you know, like, PC or something stuff. So, just, I talked with my brother about family situation, that they're fine, and something like that, but... I'm sure or think that I hope they're fine. Um, and, and you also had an issue with your cousin with the Taliban too, right? Yeah, since we, uh, my family moved, so we thought like, I thought he's after only my family. But uh, as a result, like they took my family, they were after my old relative. They said, okay, so who is the close by relative? For example, they didn't find my family. So just they took my cousin. My uncle was not, unfortunately, on that time, he was not at home. Otherwise, he was the senior. And so he went to work. When he come back, he had a younger son, which was almost, I seven eight years old it just took him instead of him because he was telling like maybe his mom will tell the truth if we take his son but honestly my my uncle's wife didn't know about us because we didn't tell anybody about us i said i wanna we don't want to risk somebody's life and because of us so my family didn't tell anybody so that was their, you know, I cannot say something, but it's like their bad life or something that just happened to him. I feel really sad about my cousin. I hope, I'm not in contact with them, but I hope they're nice, they're fine. And Do you know what happened to your cousin? 
uh, till now, like, I know they took him, but I don't know where they took him, so. Yeah. Till now, yeah. How did you come to, to go to the United States? How did that happen? So, just, like, you know, I was so nice with my instructors, like, like, I was working hard, I'm a hard worker, and just, they told me, you know, I was, like, so interested to earn a higher education, like, to study college. So, I was telling my old instructors, like, can you help me, like, to get my higher education and something. And these are the instructors at the, uh... At the NATO forces, the coalition forces? The coalition forces, okay. yeah. So just they try to help me with my visa and my passport, everything. So they pay my for my tickets, everything. So I came to the United States. And, and you, you started to, to work for the military when you were here, right? Yes. What, what did you do? I studied, uh, first I studied uh, English as second language courses. Uh, which was in Lackland Air Force Base. I studied there almost uh, ACL classes, English as a second language. I learned till advanced level there, and I got a certificate from there. I qualified. And after that, I went to Fort Lee, Virginia to study logistic parts, to have experience in logistic and equipments and after that I got my diploma so because of the threat like I was uh, they told me like you know you, you earn more education you need to go back to Afghanistan I said no I don't want to go back because my life is I want to stay here so because of that I went to Canada and just I said maybe because I didn't know United States have immigration or something like that because because I was new here and I don't have any experience about the lawyer and other stuff. So maybe if I go to Canada, they will accept me as a refugee or something like that. So from Buffalo, I crossed the bridge to Canada and uh, border. And just they, they asked me another question. When they saw my passport, I had a U.S. visa. They told me, no, we don't accept a U.S. visa here, just only... You need to go back to United States. So I said I can apply for a refugee or something. I don't want to go back there. He said no. You need to go back. They have their own immigrant immigration rules. They can take you because you work with them. Said, Nobody told me that. So they explained me everything and they sent me from from U uh, Canadian border to U.S. border. So when U.S. Uh, Border and custom and patrol saw me, just they took me and I had an interview with FBI, with the Homeland Security, with all the gentlemen, like they asked me questions about how is my life here, like what I was doing interesting and those kind of stuff, they were nice. And after that I was released back to uh, Buffalo. So I was just on the street and for two days I was thinking to find a shelter to leave so I didn't have any shelter so finally like there was a border like border and petrol custom. So what are you doing? I said I'm just looking for a place to live. And he said okay take the train and 
it goes to Virginia. In Virginia, there's a lot of Afghanis. You can live with, uh, like, they'll find you uh, a job or something like that. And then when he saw my visa, the border uh, patrol guys, it was expired. So he told me, you know, your visa is expired. You cannot stay in the United States. So they took me to a detention facility, which was an immigration, like, under Homeland Security. So I was there for a couple of three months, four months, till my immigration case was pending. And after that, I was find out, like, I thought, like, they will keep me f here forever or something like that. What was it like in the detention center? When I was seeing around, everybody was a criminal. I was seeing... I'm not a criminal, I didn't do anything wrong. And and then I was the always the police, the jailer inspector was coming. I said, Please sir, I didn't do anything. Why I'm here? Look at these people, he raped, he did, he did. Like I was talking with him, he said, You know, we will keep you for some time here. But one day happened, two days, three days, they were telling me, Oh tomorrow, oh tomorrow, tomorrow. I waited for five days. I said, no, I'm tired of this life. Um, just I want to send me to another, any country, or send me to Afghanistan. I don't like, I don't want to live like that, you know. It's better to be like, at least breathe a fresh air instead of to be in the cell. Yeah. So um, just, then, then they sent me to, um, after four or five days, they sent me to um, detention facilities in Buffalo. And I was there for three months, uh, four months until they decided about my case. I had uh, interviews with ICE, ICE and with Homeland Security, with other people. So finally they decided I was released by bond, uh, searching for a lawyer and uh, just I found online some lawyers and then applied. And my lawyer take the, my case seriously, so I win my case, thanks God. And I'm safe, peaceful, and achieving my goals, working hard, and um, just trying my best to get my degree and higher education and be somebody like a good, a good human. Tell me a little bit about your your life now. So you know you're able to to get asylum here. You can live here now uh, in the United States. Um, w w tell me a little bit about your daily life. Like, what do you you know? Are you working? What are you doing? Yeah, daily life. I work uh, like seven days, almost like all a week. So I works. Uh, Saturday to Sunday, I work in a pizza place, a delivery boy. And Monday to Friday, I work in a place. It's like auto parts. So I sell auto parts Monday to Friday. So I work hard. Plus, I go to the gym. I study. So I'm just doing fine. And you're living in New Jersey, right? I live in New Jersey, yeah. And, and you told me a little bit that uh, before that you were going to go to get your education are you pursuing that yeah yeah I'm just trying my best I applied in Middlesex County College there and I'm doing my ECL courses and at once level 
So I'm like so interested in computers. Maybe I'll get a degree in computer science or web designing. And what What do you think you eventually want to do? Uh, in my future, I didn't decide it yet, but I want to be a good IT specialist. Tell me a little bit about what you think about going back to Afghanistan or what it would be like if you did. Are you still afraid to go back? What do you think it would be like there? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, uh, I was thinking, like, for example, if I was sent back, you know, day by day, uh, the situation is getting worse. Before the president was there, it was like a little bit controlling by the help of U.S. Army and coalition forces, it was a little bit under control, but now situation is too tough, there's two presidents, and they cannot control it, so now the, before it was a lot of U armies, coalition forces, now because of the decision that the, these two, two presidents made, now there's less army there, less uh, coalition forces, Security is getting before more and worse and worse day by day. So for me, I don't think so. I would go there if they send me. What do you think would happen if you did? What will happen? I was just maybe I'll take out my thing and the plane and get in the window or something or in the airport. Maybe I was thinking to go somewhere else. So there's just no way you're going to go No, back. no, no. If they force me, I will never go. I'm sorry. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. No problem, sir. My pleasure. Okay. And this is The American Immigrant.